0: Do you love me? Do I what? Do you love me? Do I love you? Well, with our daughters getting married and this trouble in the town, you're upset, you're worn out. Go inside, go lie down. Maybe it's indigestion. Uh, no, Golda, I'm asking you a question. Do you love me? You're a fool. I know. But do you love me? Do I love you? Well... For 25 years I've washed your clothes, cooked your meals, cleaned your house, given you children, milked your cow. After 25 years, why talk about love right now? Golden, the first time I met you was on our wedding day. I was scared. I was shy. I was nervous. So was I. But my father and my mother said we'd learn to love each other. And now I'm asking, Golda, do you love me? I'm your wife. I know. But do you love me? Do I love him? Well. For 25 years, I've lived with him, fought with him, starved with him. 25 years, my bed is his. If that's not love, what is that you love me? I suppose I do. And I suppose I love you, too. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for being here this morning. We're really glad you're here with us. Um, My name is Bonnie, and I had the privilege of meeting with the teaching team this week to plan the message for today, and I'm honored to be here with you delving into this passage. Will you pray with me? Lord, we're not playing church we're not going through the motions, and we're certainly not just pretending. In all honesty, we come before you with our confidence and with our uncertainty, with our faith and our doubts, and with our capacity to love with the whole of who we are as you know us to be. Speak to us now and change us from the inside out For the living of a life that is radically faithful, radically honest, and radically love-filled for you, for our community, and for the world. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Incline your ear to us and grant us your peace. In the name of our risen Lord Jesus, amen. Our text this week is the end of the book of John, where we hear those famous words, do you love me? Then when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these do? He replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus told him, feed my lambs. Jesus said a second time, Simon, son of John. Do you love me? He replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus told him, Shepherd my sheep. Jesus said a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus asked him a third time, Do you love me? And said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus replied, feed my sheep. I tell you the solemn truth. When you were young, you tied your clothes around you and went wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will tie you up and bring you where you do not want to go. Now Jesus said this to indicate clearly by what kind of death Peter was going to glorify God. After he said this, Jesus told Peter, follow me. Peter turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. This was the disciple who had leaned back against Jesus' chest at the meal and asked, Lord, who is the one who is going to betray you? So when Peter saw him, he asked Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus replied, if I want him to live until I come back, what concern is that of yours? You follow me. So the saying circulated among the brothers and sisters that this disciple was not going to die. But Jesus did not say to him that he was not going to die, but rather, if I want him to live until I come back, what concern is that of yours? This is the disciple who testifies about these things and has written these things, and we know that his testimony is true. There are many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose the whole world would not have enough room for the books that would be written. Now I want to read you guys a poem about love, written by a 13-year-old young woman. What is love? Is it when you care for someone or something deeply? Is it a state of mind, which we think of as beautiful? Is love blind? Does love make us blind? Is it something we can see? Is it something we can touch? Or is it something that's just there? I don't believe that anyone knows what exactly love is, and I don't think that anyone will. But for now, I think that love is whatever you make it out to be. That young poet was none other than yours truly. That was my 13-year-old self, who obviously had a lot of questions about this topic, as you can see by the seven question marks. in in all of the... Um, the The poem stemmed from the breakup of a relationship in which I told the boy that I loved him, and he told me that he loved me. And it didn't turn out like we'd expected, as it often doesn't. And it was also a time when my parents had been separated for five years, and unbeknownst to me they would get back together within that next year but we were just in the middle of it and so I was searching I was searching 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 for what it meant to love another person and and I'll tell you at that time I wasn't looking to Jesus for my example I was looking um, to humans to show me what it looked like to love someone else to show me the definition of love So I want us to take a minute now to think about what love means to each of us or what it means to show love. Think about what it meant to you when you were 13 or 18, in your 20s, think about what it means to you in your 30s, 40s, 50s. 60s, think about someone you've had in your life for several years. It could be a parent, a child, a sibling, someone that you're in a dating relationship with, a friend, a spouse, anyone. Just think about someone that you've loved, that you love, and think about what you thought it meant to love them when you first met them and then think about what it means to love them now, today. I can almost guarantee that the definition of love or what it means to love has changed for each of us as more life is lived and more experience is gained. And I imagine it was the same for Peter. Think back to John 13 when Jesus tells Peter that he will disown him three times. I'm sure Peter was very confident in his love for Jesus that he, that is absurd. I'm not, that is absurd. I love you. I will die for you. That is not, that is not going to happen. So I think of that love as kind of a young love where he's just got all this passion and this gumption and no, there's no way, no thing, no person, nothing can keep me from professing my love until I'm tested and I'm put to the test and, and then I'm uncomfortable and I have to say it and, and I'm not among people that I know and, and, and they're not familiar and they're not, they're going to judge me and I don't, I don't know him, no, I don't know him. Uh, it, it's unfortunate that in the English language we only have one word for the various types of love. In verses 15 and 16, the Greek word for the kind of love that Jesus speaks to is agape, which is commonly known as a divine love, an unconditional love, a sacrificial love, the highest and purest form of love. And in Peter's responses to those first two questions, he is confidently saying what he knows of love He's confidently saying that indeed he does love Jesus. I do love you. I love you. Why do you keep asking me this? But he uses the word phileo, which is refers to a more brotherly love, which kind of how we associate with um, enjoying the company of someone else, a friendship, a, a love that en- enjoys. Um, and it may very well be that at that moment in time, Peter still did not understand and was incapable of understanding the love that Jesus was talking about. Because he had yet to live out that love. In verse 17, Jesus uses the word phileo, almost as if he's coming to meet Peter where he is, and still, but still gives him a job to do. He's coming down and saying, I know you don't understand the love that I, that I am speaking about, So I'm going to meet you where you are, and the love that you understand is this brotherly love. But still, regardless, you have a job to do. In the excerpt we just watched from Fiddler on the Roof, we almost see the opposite interaction between Tevye and Goldie, which um, then we see between Jesus and Peter. And Tevye is asking Goldie if she loves him with that brotherly love. Do you love me? Do you like to be around me? Do you are we in this? And she's replying with all the things she's done for him. She's replying with the actions. I have fed you. I have kept your home. I have taken care of you. I have starved with you. I have suffered with you. I have done all these things with you, all of these actions. But he wants to know, but, but do you love me? Do you like me? And so finally, at the end, she meets him where she is, and she, you know, says, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I do. And in verses 18 to 21, Jesus indicates to Peter the type of end-of-life experience that he's going to have. And Peter immediately looks back and sees John, who's following them, and he says, but, but what about him? Scott kind of, my husband Scott kind of reminded me when we were going through this that he says, hold on, wait, Jesus just told Peter how he was going to die. He, he told him that he was going to die a martyr's death. If you imagine that you know how you're going to die, you know your life's purpose, you're going to die a martyr's death. You are going to glorify God on your deathbed. And the first thing he says is, but wh- well, what about him? What's, what, what's his life? going to look like and how many of us can identify with that I know I can because it's easy to to look at the next person and say what how does their life play out what about them and then in the next two verses Jesus reels Peter back in almost takes his face in his hands and says look at me what concern is that of yours? You follow me and do what I've told you to do. It's not going to look the same for everybody. But what, what has God told us to do? And I think this is an important illustration and example for us because it's so easy for us to get distracted from what God is telling each of us to do. It's not a matter of whether he's giving us a job to do or not. It's what is the job that he's giving us, each of us. And it will look different for each person, but the point is action. Loving Jesus and loving others the way that he loved us is not a spectator sport, as Teresa Cornett reminded us this week during planning. It's not a sitting on the sidelines thing. It's an action. It's active love. We have to be open-minded, willing to hear him, and willing to follow through with whatever job he gives us, wherever we are. And we're going to fail. I imagine Peter felt like a failure. But what I think is beautiful is what Jesus showed him. That even though Peter failed him and denied him three times. Jesus is looking at him, loving him, feeding him, forgiving him, restoring him, and giving him a job to do. He's not saying, good, I'm glad you love me. Thank you for saying that. I'm glad you've proved that to me three times. He's saying, he never responds to Peter saying, yes, I love you, Lord, I love you. Peter says, yes, of course, I love you. And he says, do this. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. When we fail, it's easy and probably very common for each of us to feel guilty and shameful. And as my mom always told us that your feelings are your feelings. They're not right or wrong. And that really resonated with me because it allowed me to feel the feelings. But what she said was, it's what you do with them that matters. So feel your feelings. Those are valid feelings, guilt and shame. I mean, we're human. We have those, those feelings in us for a reason. But what do we do with those? We can dwell in the guilt and the shame. We can sit there and look at all the failures, all the times, all the missed times that we didn't listen to God. He gave us a job to do. We didn't do it. We didn't listen. Okay. But are you going to sit there and feel sorry and feel guilty or are you going to let that empower you to keep moving forward and keep trying my sister has this quote that she put next to um, their piano at their house where my nephews practice piano and I couldn't find the author of the quote but I love it because it says mistakes are proof that you're trying and I just kept hearing that you're going to fail we're going to make mistakes but at least we're trying and that's the important thing is that you're active and you're, you're trying. You're not just sitting. So then think about the rest of Peter's life. I have to believe that he failed more than once in his efforts, but as he continued to do the work he was doing, and then as he was about to die, how much more do we think that he understood that agape love? So you think about back at the time of when Jesus told him he was going to deny him, you know, that young love, no way, there's nothing that's going to keep me from professing my love for you. And then he fails and feels guilty. And then the, the interaction, the encounter we see on the shore where Jesus is saying is, do you love me? He has a little bit more of an understanding of what love is. And he, of course I love you, Lord, of course I love you. Okay then, here's your job. And then as he's lived out that life's work, how much more does he understand what it means to, to love unconditionally, to love sacrificially? Several years ago, I had a patient at a rehab facility, and we'll call her Mrs. Smith for privacy purposes, and she was in her 80s. And I walked into her room, and I was about to, and I noticed a painting that was next to her bed, and it was beautiful, and her, her uh, family had brought it in to make her room feel more like home. And <clears throat> I walked in to introduce myself, and, hi, I'm Bonnie, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna evaluate you today. Oh, I love, Mrs. Smith, I love your painting. And she immediately replied to me <laughs> in a very, very sweet, but very convicting voice. <laughs> Oh honey, we don't we don't love things. We love people. We like things. We we don't love things. So I just sort of smiled at her for a good minute and a half, I think, because it was so profound to me. And I will say that from that moment on, I was changed. I could not think about love the same way. I I was much more mindful about using that word. And I think that it's very, very important to be mindful when we think about that word. Mindful of how we are called to love others which is the way that Jesus loves us and the way that he modeled for us. And being completely honest, not everyone that I meet is going to love me with that phileo love, that brotherly, sisterly love. Not everybody's going to like me. And we're not going to enjoy the company of everyone that we meet or everyone that comes into our life. The thing is, is that if we choose to love Jesus, if we're choosing to love Jesus and choosing to accept the love that he shows us, then we're given a job to show others his lambs, his sheep, that same love, aren't we? That's our job. He's telling us. He gives us a new commandment. Love others the way that I love you. And that can be, these, these three things that Jesus gives Peter to do can be taken literally. I think there's literal and symbolic meaning to them. But feed my lambs. I, I sort of, when I first read this um, was was really reading and rereading this passage, I sort of honed in on feed my lambs, shepherd my sheep, feed my sheep, and the order in which he put them and, um, and the different words that he used. And I just couldn't help but take it literally and just feed the helpless. I mean, never underestimate the power of a meal. If anybody has ever received a meal from someone when you needed it, You know that feeling of I don't have I don't have to that's I don't have to think about that and my body is nourished and and I mean just never underestimate the power of a meal Um, and literally so literally feed my lambs take care of my sheep take care of each other I believe that there is good in everybody. And I believe that we all have the ability to show this love that Jesus modeled for us if we choose to. And the decision is so important. It's the commitment to the job, right? It's the commitment that will carry us through the failures, the unmet expectations, the betrayals, the rejections, all the differences we feel the commitment, the decision we make to love and to show the love that Jesus shows us will carry us through. I think the way this book ends is so poetic. Where it says, there are many other things that Jesus did. If every one of them were written down, I suppose the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Jesus modeled for us a divine love, an unconditional love. We see it through the life he lived and through the death he experienced. And we have a tangible way of remembering that and reminding ourselves of this love. And it's represented right here. And as the worship team comes back up, we'll have a time of remembering and reflecting we don't tell you how or when to come come as you are come as you will and all are welcome and as we reflect today I just want us to be mindful of the ways that we choose to love people every day